Welcome back to Podcast 87 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. If you're sick of handicapping basketball using the same thing that the market does, please visit Shot Quality Bets and use the promo code ODDS23 for 20% off. Bring your handicap up to the next level for college basketball if you'd like to support the odds breakers and benefit from our premium plays please visit the oddsbreakers.com click shop and become a member pick any of our winning handicappers to get our premium plays before the line moves you can also support us on patreon.com if nothing else please visit the oddsbreakers and become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber and we had another fantastic weekend at the oddsbreakers i had Actually, what turned out to be a very good weekend uh, started out a little bit slow, but the NFL keeps cashing for us. Hope you got our free plays on our Telegram channel where I went 2-1, I believe. I am 8-1 the last nine free plays at theoddsbreakers.com. Started out the weekend a little rough because Saturday... We had three college basketball plays. I believe we won the one Friday, but we went 0 for 3 in all college basketball plays. Wake Forest had a 18-point lead, had them at pretty much pick them. They end up losing the game. Uh, Houston, which was a play I also gave out at the on the website, uh, couldn't win the turnover battle against a sloppy Alabama team and choked at home and lost outright after being up 14 points, and then my San Diego State versus St. Mary's under got smashed in foul city at the end of the game with uh, San Diego State trying to win the game and play a little bit of catch-up. Ended up losing that one by two and a half points. (laughs) To add more pain to the punishment, my handicap on Navy ended up taking a crap at the end of the game as well. Uh, was frustrated going 0 for 4. The UFC saved me a little bit. Was ended up down about six units on Saturday. UFC was up about two units, and uh, that in itself was an absolutely crazy event at two at UFC 282, where the the main event pushed, which almost every scorecard had Ankalaev winning anyway. I mean, I bet John Blakovich so. I had a very small bet on him. I just thought the the odds were wrong. I heard that John won the uh, first two rounds, but I didn't watch the main event because I was so disgusted with the uh, the Jared Gordon uh, decision loss to Patty Pimblett when he clearly won the fight. It just uh, it was an absolute insult, and it showed that the UFC is a rigged sport when it comes to uh, decisions with some of their top fighters. It It's literally statistically significant now how poor uh, they have actually been. And I actually didn't even have skin on that part of the game. I had a small play uh, on Pimblet by submission, but just really disappointing on a sport you like so much. Get absolutely 
taken over by a, a corporation and an entity that wants to write their own story rather have rather than having uh, honest fights. So very disappointed in that. I mean, the good news for the UFC is you could still bet uh, totals in it and be okay. You could still bet fights that you think is going to be finished within the rounds. Um, it's just that if you're going to pick a trendy against a trendy fighter, I should say, if you're going to pick against a trendy fighter, up and coming, big social media presence, and this fight can go to decision, you probably should stay away from it uh, until further notice here in the UFC. The good news is that on Sunday, I had a great NFL day going eight and three, almost middled the, uh, well, I would have liked to have middled the Dolphins game. I actually didn't, didn't almost middle it. I set myself up from minus one and a half to three and a half. Unfortunately, a little bit bigger on the Dolphins, but eight and three was fantastic. We hit our teaser, uh, just was completely locked in, had a couple bad plays. I thought the Tampa Bay play was was wrong, even though that score should have been a little bit closer, and I'll get into explaining that in a few minutes. But uh, as far as the NFL, I was very satisfied on how everything played out, minus that and minus my other play on the Kansas City Chiefs, which uh, literally gave <laughs> let the Denver Broncos back in for absolutely no reason, which is kind of what the Chiefs do sometimes. It drives you absolutely nuts, but that was when I lost by a half a point. Um, and another situation where they probably could have covered at the end of that game. But either way, 8-3 and three was fantastic, and I went 2-0 and zero in college basketball on Sunday as well, so finishing off a weekend at 10-3 and three on Sunday, 0-4 on Saturday, and up a couple units from my dog bets in the UFC. So starting with the recap, I mean, one college football game to talk about Army versus Navy, it's always a wonderful game, but Navy almost doubled them in yards. And I'm sorry, when you're handicapping games, you don't handicap a punt block touchdown <laughs> in any games. And in a game where their scoring comes at a premium, that really hurt Navy. But Navy ended up scoring themselves, coming up, just kind of let down at the end and let Army tie that game with a field goal. As a matter of fact, the only offensive points the arm, that Army scored that whole first half was a field goal. <laughs> Sorry, the whole game was a field goal, but just enough to tie it, push it into overtime where Navy ruled fumble on the field. You saw it wasn't a fumble. His elbow was down. It was actually probably a touchdown for Navy, but the officials you know, decided to correct their own test scores and... Uh, uh, call it what it really wasn't. And then all Army needed to do was just move the ball into the middle of the field and kick the field goal to, for the win. So a very lopsided final score here. Navy was certainly the better team, but unfortunately that was part of my own four day on Saturday. College basketball was a, was a total trip, though. Um, really happy with my play on West uh, on Virginia Tech, actually. Virginia Tech beat Oklahoma State pretty well, and I took the Moorhead State, East Tennessee State under. That thing was off by like seven or eight points when I handicapped it on Sunday, uh, as well as a great NFL day. I got to tell you, though, I am really happy with what the Big Ten's been doing in basketball. Purdue is 10-0 and 0 
<laughs> you gotta be happy with that. Maryland's actually looking really good at eight and two. They lost to my Badgers, and my Badgers are playing a little bit over their levels right now, and they're finally ranked, which they should have been ranked weeks ago, having a one-point overtime loss against a Kansas team that you know won it all last year, and then obviously they lost by a point or two to Wake Forest, which is now credited as a bad loss. Wake Forest has been kind of choking their games away, as I discussed earlier. Wisconsin has one bad loss, and... uh, one good loss against uh, Kansas, but they have some pretty dang good wins. USC, Marquette, Maryland, and now Iowa. I guess throw Dayton in there. Um, Stanford, I think, is probably a bit overrated. Um, <laughs> they actually have a couple weeks off for some reason. I don't know why they're not playing all the way up until next Friday. They're playing Green Bay. But... uh you know, in general, I'm pretty happy with what the Big Ten's been doing in basketball itself. Moving on to the NFL, obviously another great week for myself in the NFL, having a killer year, really happy for uh, members that have been purchasing the NFL package as well as our monthly premium members that we've had for so long right now. Uh, starting out with the Lions-Vikings, it went over, it took all the way to the end, uh, ended up being a uh, 57 that over was 52 it went up and then it went down and i tweeted out why the heck is this under Who who's betting the under in this game when it, with literally the two worst defenses at yards per play and two very good offenses well um it almost went under uh, the vikings kind of had to get a catch-up or garbagey type touchdown to bring it like within almost 10 at the end but the vikings also fumbled on the goal line a little bit earlier in the game that it should have took it over anyway. So it's just one of those situations where I had to wait for that over, and it probably should have went into the 60s in this score. But I was really happy about that. I capped the Lions at minus one. The whole market was on the Lions, which uh, <laughs> really confused me, being that it was just so much. I expected more Vikings money to come in, but it was just really public money, people betting the Vikings. And uh, the Lions ended up cashing. I had the Lions favored by a point. So there you go. The Lions did win the turnover battle, which helped them win that game. Uh, another head scratcher for me was this Bengals move because the consensus in the Circa was Bengals. And usually the, the Circa is probably a mix of some sharper betters. There's definitely some of the sharpest betters in the Circa. Usually they don't even use their own names in these things. But there's also a mix of public in there. But when it's a consensus like that, you're surprised the line moves the opposite way when it was the number one consensus. And this thing went all the way down from six and a half, five and a half, all the way down to four and three and a half in some books. And I'm sitting there, I thought I had line value all week on my Bengals minus four and a half. And I was scratching my head and I was like, oh, the T. Higgins injury. And then I'm like, T. Higgins, why is a one-ride receiver when they have Jamar Chase and Boyd uh, moving this line? I was massively confused by it. I had the Bengals minus 7.5. Well, the Bengals ended up covering pretty well, and Deshaun Watson was pretty much what I thought, very rough around the edges right now, not hitting his peak potential because he just came in. you know. And uh, the Bengals ended up covering. They should have covered. I'm glad a backdoor situation didn't happen. Um, even if they backdoored, it would have got down to six, probably they would have kicked an extra point, uh, rather than going for two. So people's 
contest plays at five and a half were safe at that point, but I was just confused on the money itself. Something that I certainly wasn't seeing in the market, but I definitely respect that money. Uh, Jets bills, uh, Jets barely covered this. Uh, what was it? Eight and a half point spread. I believe the thing closed at ten. In hindsight, the Bills probably should have covered it, and even. But I kind of wish I would have bet the Jets. The reason for that is because of the weather. You know, you take the bigger dog, especially past the seven points in these weather type games. I didn't trust White. I mean, the whole week I was leaning Bills until it got up to ten. This thing closed at ten, actually. But uh, you know, I kind of wish I bet the bet the Jets, even though. I'm not sure they deserve to cover it. It's just because of those low-scoring, um, rainy, sleety-type game situations, especially that you get in places like New York, Buffalo, even, obviously, at MetLife Stadium. Uh, Cowboys-Texans. Holy cow, was this a close game? I'm sure some Survivor tickets were on the Cowboys this week if they saved it. But that was just a scary situation for the Cowboys. I'm... Really happy for our Cowboys over. We hit the 10 right now. I bet Cowboys over 10 and and Eagles over 9. A lot of people disagreed with the Cowboys and went under. Well, the Cowboys have four games now to to try to hit that over rather than pushing for me, and I think that's going to happen. I just don't know if it's going to be this week at the Jaguars or next week uh, against the Eagles. (laughs) That'd be a tough one, but... We'll see what happens, but, uh, man, wow, that, well, that was a close game. So what happened in this one is the Cowboys kind of started out slow, and sometimes you see Dak start out slow. Uh, the Texans were just playing fierce defense. They're like, you know what, let's just man up on the uh, receivers. We'll put a bunch of people in the box. We'll take away the short pass. We'll take away the running game. And, I mean, it's easy to beat that if you go over the top, but – Dak wasn't really going over the top. You know, it's uh, one of those situations where the, the Texans actually outcoached the Cowboys. McCarthy was outcoached. It was just kind of like the way that you play Tom Brady in the day. You blitz him, play man, and hope for the best because you're not going to beat him on zone. So I, I just thought that the Cowboys were in a bad situation. And once the Texans smelt blood, I mean, in-state rivalry, right, uh, they, they played out of their minds. They played past their ability. And they did great all the way up until the choke at the end where Davis Mills or uh, was it Davis Mills, that quarterback that tried that sneak? I can't remember who it was. Maybe I think it was Jeff Driscoll, actually. Um, Maybe they pulled Mills for some reason. Maybe he got hurt or something. But uh, Driscoll actually had six passes, but uh, he couldn't get in. And once that happened, there was about two minutes left. You knew the Cowboys were going to go down and score. And that's exactly what they did. They scored to win the game. The better team had win the game, and the person sitting on that Texans plus 800 money line ticket was probably pretty bummed out at the end. But there's so many times I see where the, the good team ends up winning but doesn't even sniff the cover. This was one of those situations. Jaguars-Titans, this was easy. My big One of my bigger plays on the Jaguars, I just thought the Titans, way overrated team. The Jaguars have more skill. Um, the Jaguars have probably a better armed quarterback. Tannehill is kind of a one-trick pony, and they don't have any receivers to throw to. There's no A.J. Brown there. This was a simple handicap for myself, um, probably my best play coming into the day. Um, Eagles covered that teaser really easily. They kind of let the Giants screw around a little bit at the end, scoring a few points there, but <laughs> never in danger of uh, – 
losing the Eagles teaser. And I guess the Eagles minus seven betters were really never in danger either. But man, what an ugly bet. Eagles minus seven. Ugh. I want to bet that. Uh, Ravens Steelers. I was certainly concerned um, when the Ravens lost Huntley and they put in Brown, which was a head scratcher. When Pickett got hurt, I was, well, Pickett got hurt first, I believe. And then you're like, oh, no, Mitch is coming, and they didn't prepare for Mitch. Maybe he's going to throw it. You get a little concerned when it's a backup like Mitch because, you know, he's not that much of a downgrade from Pickett, at least not yet. Pickett's still a little bit green. But you think that maybe he kind of shakes things up a little bit, and it didn't happen. Mitch threw some picks. Uh, Mitch became Mitch, and uh, even though the Ravens had Brown in, my plus three was uh, looking pretty good. As soon as that hit three last week, I gave it out to premiums. I also had to take it in the contest at the two and a half. But yeah, Kenny Pickett wasn't in that game long, but neither was Anthony Brown. And uh, you wonder who's going to be quarterbacking for the Ravens coming up this week. So we'll dig more into that and wait more on information as it comes throughout the week. Chiefs Broncos, uh, Chiefs win by eight or six points. Sorry, not eight points. They won by six points. So didn't even sniff the cover because of that. Uh, the Chiefs could have kicked the field goal, I guess, and I could have covered at least my bet on it. And I had eight and a half. I was very disappointed in the Chiefs. They're up 27 to nothing. And then they let two touchdowns. And this is what freaking Mahomes does a lot. When he's up, he just wants to pour on the points. He starts gambling. And you know Patrick Sertan and... Some of these wonderful Denver secondary just took advantage of it. Um, th- it Mahomes throws three picks. Up 27 nothing, three freaking picks. And then there's a special teams touchdown. All of a sudden, you're like 95% chance going to win this game. And uh, you end up losing the cover based upon all of this. Uh, Russell Wilson had a valiant effort at the very end and got concussed. Uh, Brett Rippon was able to get the ball scored on fourth down. You still think you still might cover that game. That's the problem with four down territory, baby. And that's why the NFL is so close. And that's why people say, I hate laying over seven in the NFL is because you give them an extra down at the end of the game. They're down two scores. They have an extra down to work with. They're not kicking it. They're not punting it. So that's the problem with the NFL, especially because the games are closer and they become even closer, obviously, towards the end with garbage back doors coming in all day long. That moves us to another loser of mine, the Niners versus the Bucks. And I'll tell you right now, I bet this Bucks on Monday, plus three and a half, plus four. No, I think I got plus four. And as soon as I saw it was Brad Allen that was officiating this game, I knew I was probably toast. When it came to the contest time, I didn't have a 15 that I put want, wanted to put in. I, hindsight, I should have put used the Chargers. I should have used the Jets. You know, I mean, hindsight, I could have done a lot of stuff. Uh, the, the Panthers, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I didn't do it. And uh, the, the Bucks ended up getting toasted. And lots of what I'm hearing is that just how bad that Bucks got their ass kicked. There was two plays in this game that changed the game. When the Niners were up seven to zip, the Bucks threw a 80-yard touchdown to Evans, which would have tied it up. Brad Allen throws the flag, calls a holding pit play, 
that happens every single time the ball is snapped, negating it. And then in the second quarter, the Bucks got an interception down 21 to 7, I believe. It was either 14 to 7 or 21 to 7. Could have kind of got back into that game. Pfft, called some just absolute random illegal touching or something in that game. That was the two calls that made this game lopsided. And obviously with all the momentum with the young kid quarterbacking and uh, Brock Purdy, which now is creating a pretty big media controversy between Trey Lance and everybody else, um, ends up just getting a great win and had all the confidence coming into that game. Well, it was two plays, my friends. It wasn't as, as, as much of a uh, misleading score as you think. Moving on to the Panthers versus the Seahawks. The, man, the Seahawks, when they couldn't have Walker start or their backup running back, really got pounced by the Panthers. And you can tell how much this team cares right now. The Panthers have not quit. They beat up the Seahawks. They... They are jumping routes. They came to the West Coast and played tough. Lots of people played the Seahawks last week. Lots of people lost their bet in this situation. So the Seahawks are leaking some oil, and you can see that on the defense. When Geno has a bad game, this team is very, very vulnerable. And finally, the Chargers versus the Dolphins. Dolphins just kind of got jumped in the beginning. No score in the first quarter, but you can tell the Chargers were more motivated. I bought back when I found out that Williams was in, Mike Williams. I was just like thinking to myself, man, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, they're healthy. I was like, I'm a little worried about the Dolphins. I guess what kept me a little bit more from... Buying more on the Chargers was the fact that the Dolphins stayed on the West Coast, and usually that's a buy sign when teams do that. Wrong! Yeah, the Chargers just kind of beat them up a little bit, and they're getting healthier. Joey Bosa should be back. I think that, you know, I was really bummed that uh, that I took the Chargers over 10 wins earlier. And I know I took the Chargers and the Chiefs to win the West. So that's already a win. Chiefs was at plus 175 because of it. But I'm now thinking maybe I have a chance to get to 10 wins and push. They, they're seven and six. Maybe they could be um, 10 and seven because right now from a scheduling perspective, the Chargers have the Titans, which is very beatable. They have at the Colts, which is very beatable. They have the Rams, which is extremely beatable. And then at the Broncos, that's clearly beatable. So there you go. If I can get three out of those four, I can at least push on my play. The good, the bad, and the ugly from NFL Week 14. And the rest of the weekend, starting out with the good, the Lions. <laughs> this team's pretty good. <laughs> I can't believe they traded Hawkinson. And I'm glad that my prop play it on Hawkinson, even though the Minnesota lost. But now the Lions are seriously kind of in playoff contention now, starting out one and six. How about them Lions right now? They are 
They're playing with a lot of momentum, and they're going to the Jets next week, and that's close to a pick em, but a very interesting game. Another good is Steve Wilkes. The Panthers, like I said, have not given up on this season. They're playing for the, for their coach. They want co- him to coach next year. I almost think he also he already earned it, getting what he has been getting out of this team. Um, I am absolutely blown away by it. Kind of a free roll with the Panthers right now, which I'm going to get into in a few minutes. Um, NFL Saturday games coming up this weekend. I guess that's good for us. I mean, we get to watch the NFL on Saturday if you don't like a bunch of <laughs> very under-the-radar under bowl games coming up this weekend. You can also watch um, some NFL coming up this Saturday. Uh, good for us. Brad Powers is going to come on this week, and we're going to talk college bowl games as well as some college football playoffs. So make sure you turn Tune in at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific time on our YouTube channel. You can ask Brad any question you want or ask myself, obviously, any question you want as well. Uh, Also, Wisconsin basketball. Look at them rolling right now. They've only lost their two games by a total of three points. They're finally ranked, but you know what happens when Wisconsin basketball gets ranked. Oh, no! Now for the bad. <laughs> you know, I'm torn on this Heisman thing. I know that Williams did a fantastic job over at uh, USC, but why is it the teams that have such a bad defense sometimes that get rewarded in this situation? You saw what happened when he stepped up in class. I mean, who has who have they beat? They throw four picks against Oregon State and barely win that game. They beat UCLA by three points due to UCLA's personal screw-ups. They lost both games to Utah, and they beat a massively overrated Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall and lost to Stanford by all teams. You know, so it's like you got guys like Stetson Bennett for Georgia that it's not his fault that his defense is so good doesn't lose a game you know Heisman voters have to remember that these quarterbacks that don't have all the flashy stats but are not putting their team in position to lose is also as important as how many yards you're putting up when you're winning a few games Stetson Bennett did not put himself into any position to lose a game for the last freaking two years that's why I liked him and then probably liked Max Duggan a little bit as well. Another bad was Navy. How they lost that game, put them in positions for the officials to make a call. That was your own mistake. Get in the end zone, Navy. They get in the end zone. They probably stop Army and end up winning that game. Navy completely crapped the bed in that situation. Uh, Another bad, the Chiefs defense. And Mahomes making dumb mistakes. The Chiefs defense was even that bad. But if Mahomes doesn't throw three picks, they win that game by much over 20 points. Another bad is just a lot of concussions happening in the NFL with Russell Wilson. Mike White got concussed. Pickett got concussed. Huntley got banged up. I think he was concussed too. There just seemed like way too many concussions going on all week. Um, in the NFL for a lot of these quarterbacks. Uh, You hope, obviously, um, a lot of them come back, but you know since the Tua thing, a lot of these concussion protocols are going to 
uh, keep them out an extra week. Also, the Dolphins have been bad lately, and unfortunately for the Dolphins, they have a third road game in a row at the Buffalo Bills, where the Bills are in a revenge spot. Unreal. So that was bad. And another bad thing was Mitch Trubisky having the ball and throwing interceptions, screwing up the Steelers' chances of winning their game. Now for the ugly. The ugly was what I mentioned before, the UFC deciding to step in and fix a decision for Patty Pimlet. I'm okay with saying that. I You can quote me on this. You can tell the world that I believe that fight was set up for him to win had it went to decision, which was the best thing for the UFC. Because now when it happened before to Sean O'Malley, they have their best media loudmouths to compete for higher fights and higher accolades. I guess the only way to stop something like this is having a massive boycott because the government certainly does not care that people are betting money on these things. I have no idea why people love to, to choose the blue pill in a lot of these situations. And another ugly was the Cowboys' performance against the Texans and the way that Cowboys celebrated after beating the freaking Texans. You played the worst team in the league. You took you to the last second to win, and you're going to celebrate it like that? My God, you should be kicking yourself in that situation instead. Absolutely unreal, Cowboys. Act like you've been there before. The way I figure, there's really not too much future when I saw it out front like you. Now it's time for NFL Week 14 Misleading Final Scores. Let's start out with the Jets. They outgained the Bills 309 to 232, yet lost 20 to 12. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio hurt, but so did the rain and sleet. It actually ended up benefiting the Bills a little bit more in that game. Cleveland's yards were a lot of garbage versus the Bengals, so I'm not even going to get into that one. The 49ers only outgained the Buccaneers 404 to 332, yet 135 to 7. Some were garbage yards but still a 3 to 1 turnover ratio and poor officiating 8 to 2 penalties as well as those two massive ones I discussed earlier really hurt the bucks that's it really for misleading final scores NFL week 15 Betting spots, letdown spots, the Lions at the Jets maybe after beating the Vikings is a potential letdown. Uh, Panthers hosting the Steelers after gut-punching the Seahawks is potential. I disagree, but could be. Bengals at the Buccaneers after beating up their division the last few weeks is a potential letdown spot. Uh, Get-up spots, anybody in playoff contention here. I mean, I was looking through the games for next week. There's just so many of them. Um, I don't think any team can afford to not get up, but I could see teams give up like the bears, like the Texans, like the uh, Indianapolis Colts, like the Rams, like maybe the Broncos. If they're losing, they might just mail it in and a second half bet on their opponents could be warranted. Look ahead spots. 
The Eagles could be looking past the Bears to the Cowboys. And the Cowboys could be looking past the Jaguars to the Eagles. I mean, these teams are already in the playoffs. They're trying to fight with each other to win the division. But they could be definitely thinking about next week. This brings us to our free play that we're going to give out for this podcast. Now, there's some bowl games. And I already have a ton of line value on Fresno, as I tweeted before. But this thing flipped to plus three. I have Fresno plus four, and now they're minus three. I'm seriously considering a buyback right now. And I'm just curious if I get three and a half because of uh, Washington State just lost their best receiver to a transfer. But um, I'm looking at the first couple weeks here in college and I'm still waiting on some things to happen. I have some leans. We're going to get into more of this with Brad Powers and I'm sure we're going to have some plays for you for the Thursday show on this weekend's games. So I'm going to go to the NFL with a free play. And this is like a free roll to me. Take the Panthers money line. It's minus 125, minus 135 in some books here. It's probably creeping up because, like I said, Kenny Pickett is probably going to the concussion protocol. And Mitch Trubisky is going to have pressure on him because coach has never lost over eight games you know coach Tomlin has never been below 500 as a coach and now they have to go to Carolina and win this game when they're playing so hard for Wilkes as soon as Pickett's announced out this thing's probably going to go to three maybe even past the three based upon Mitch Trubisky being the quarterback so I think this is more of a free roll here, and I'm going to give this out as a free play, and I took it at a pretty good line. I think a minus one at minus 110. No, I took it at minus one and a half for three stars. So I'm fine with money line. Minus one and a half, I don't love it as much as two. I still think the money line might be a little bit better as twos are popping up a little bit more frequently. But anything Panthers under the two right now for three stars in this situation you're going to put yourself in a position where you can possibly have a middle opportunity here once Pickett is announced out and if he's not announced out you still got a very motivated Panthers team here uh coming in at home to face the Steelers duh winning all right now it's time for a little fantasy football week 15 playoffs with our guy D nasty now it's time for some fantasy football. We got our guy D Nasty back. Dave, week 14 is closing up, my man. It's playoff time, isn't it? It is. Some of you guys might have made it. Some of you might not have. Uh, the bye weeks definitely played a role in that and injuries. Many, many injuries to get into this week. Uh, no buys this week, actually. So that is very nice. But the buys killed a lot of teams this past week, though. They really did. Um, and... If you're wondering why my head's cut off, I have a green shirt on. So we got a green screen in the back. And I'm like, you know what? This looks kind of cool. I'm going to do it like this. So there you go. If you ever watch on our YouTube channel, you can see it. But either way, it's going to be a good show because it's important this week, Dave. I mean, the playoffs are starting and there's some busts out there you might want to avoid that we're going to go over. And there's some key injuries that certainly set this week off going crazy. And I'll start with that. Uh, quarterback hell this week. I'm also just blow right through them. Lamar's backup, Tyler Huntley, got a concussion. 
But in the same game, Kenny Pickett got a concussion earlier. So here you go. These t- these two players might not play next week. You know how the concussions are, especially with Pickett's second concussion. Russell Wilson, yeah. nasty concussion on a uh, on a on a touchdown scoring drive. You know he got all the way up to the two, and then um, uh, his backup came in ripping and and ended up uh, scoring for him. Uh, another yeah, quarterback. Not good. His head hit that turf pretty hard, and then oh. the guy landed on top of him, and he hit it again. That's, that was bad. You saw the bubble on his head that everyone put a picture on his temple. He's got this big old bubble on his temple. It's disgusting. Oh yeah, you can see yeah, it. That looked good, man. And like he was having one of those better fantasy games of the year too. Yeah, he was actually doing okay. I mean, it was against the Chiefs, D. But still, yeah. Um, he's probably out this week. I, I don't see I, a lot of these guys might be Kyler Murray. The game we're watching right now. Got injured like the very first quarter on a non-contact, and it's from what I'm reading on Twitter and other places, it's not looking good, Dave. So no, the non-contact are the worst injuries because that's usually like a ACL or Achilles or something like that. So usually those are pretty serious. They are, they are for sure. Mike White went out with a rib injury, but I'm hearing he's going to start. It's a precautionary stuff, but he got his ass kicked that game against the. Oh my god! I saw the first hit when he took that hit. His whole body like buckled in half when that guy hit him. I was just like, oh my god! I just felt bad just seeing it and just get hit. Even I even felt it myself. I think when I saw him get hit, I was just like, oh. Yeah, he might have fried some something brain cells on that one. It's it, it, it didn't look bad. Uh, oh god, yeah. I hate saying that. Um, so there, yeah, just ton of quarterbacks. Uh, wide receiver Tyler Boyd from Cincinnati broke his finger, I think, but he could play. But they're going to tape it up with a receiver. You don't really want a broken finger, and you know that would seriously hinder him. He could sit. T. Higgins has a right hamstring injury, so that happened, I believe, in the game. Uh, Damian Pierce for the Texans. He went out with an ankle injury. Looks like a high ankle sprain, I believe. So he might miss this week, Dave. Uh, Daniel Bellinger for the Giants. Another injury. The guy's been out all year, it seems. And uh, rib injury this time. Uh, Wide receiver Corey Davis for the Jets had a head injury, so he could miss. Wide receiver Debo Samuel. Maybe the most important receiver injury this week with a high ankle sprain. Big bummer to the 49ers coming into a big game this Thursday against Seattle. No chance he plays this one. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard, the running back, backup of uh, Henry. And, you know, he's the pass-catching one for Tennessee. He has a nasty neck injury that was carted off. You never know about those either. He could come back this week, but we don't know yet. Uh, Like I said with Kyler Murray here. And then the same game, Ramondre Stevenson, Ankle injury, so uh, the backups have been hitting it hard. Dave, what have I missed? Uh, Tyree Kill, uh, ankle injury. Uh, Julian Waddle still banged up as well. Uh, Kendall Hinton, who was subbing in for Corey Sutton, actually was having a pretty good game. Uh, he, had, he has a hamstring injury. Uh, Jake Ferguson, the UW tight end, our alum here, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, neck injury, actually. Uh, and then, actually, Desmond Ryder was announced as a starter after coming off of the bye. So, uh, Mar- Marcus Mariota will not start going forward. So, just pencil him in, too. Desmond Ryder is a nice pickup, actually. We'll get into that in a minute here. But uh, definitely, Mar- Marcus Mariota will be out next week because he lost his job. <laughs> yeah, he lost his job, and I agree with it. It's like, you know, they're kind of in playoff contention. Mariota's not the guy. He's just no. He's just not. He's and, a fill-in um, to begin with. Yeah, he's a backup career backup in my opinion and you know 
if he's not using his legs, he could be pretty bad. Nope, I agree with all that. Why don't you start with the waiver wire, Dave? Where are we going? All right. Well, I'm going to go quickly through this today, but uh, one of the ones that you definitely want to pick up, Mike White, only owned in 20% of leagues right now, which is hard to believe, but uh, definitely he could be a league winner. He's playing the Detroit Lions, who is bottom five in pass defense and overall D. So great matchup for him, and the Lions let, give up usually quite a few points as well. So definitely, I would, and he already has, Mike White already has two 300-yard games this year. Uh, he has 952 passing yards over the past three games. He can definitely light it up, and he's a suburb streaming option this week. So definitely pick him up if you're able to. Uh, another guy out there, Jerick McKinnon. Uh, he's a little bit higher on the percentage own side, but if he is out there, he could be a league winner as well. Uh, he's had some huge games. Uh, he made seven catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns this past Sunday. And he also had six carries for 22 yards as a runner. So uh, he had 50% of the snaps this past week as well. So definitely, uh, if you need a running back for the playoff push here, definitely take a look at him. Uh, another injury we didn't mention either is Saquon Barkley, uh, a little banged up. He played uh, about 20% of the snaps this past week. Uh, but Gary Brightwell and Matt Breida, uh, you can look at them if you do, if you are a Saquon Barkley owner. You definitely want to hand, handcuff him uh, in case he does not play this upcoming week. Uh, it sounds like he will play more. They were just capping his snaps a little bit this past week, but you don't know about that, so not, it's kind of hard to tell. But I just put that out there as well. Zonovan Knight, we talked about him pre recently, so I'm not going to go into too much detail on him. Uh, but he was looking good this past week against the tough Buffalo D as well. Uh, he had 17 carries, 71 yards, and a tutty. So, and he had two receptions for six yards as well. Carter mostly played, is used as a third down back. So, uh, Zonovan White is actually taking over that backfield, it looks like. Another guy we discussed previously, only owned in 13% of leagues, Jordan Mason. Uh, he's still working as the number two, but if anything does happen to McCaffrey, he would definitely step into a big role. Uh, Kyron Williams, we talked about him previously as well, only 36% owned still. Uh, he's played 55 and 70% of the snaps in 11 at week, it's 11 and 12. Uh, he only played just 30, 28 and 30% in the last two games. Akers has kind of taken over a little bit more, but uh, I definitely look for him to have some more carries over the next coming weeks. J.K. Dobbins, if people forgot about him or he's on the waiver wire, uh, he could definitely be a league winner. Uh, he had over 100 yards this past week and a touchdown, so I definitely looked healthy and he's looking good. Donovan Peoples-Jones, we talked about him previously, so I'm not going to go into too much on him. DJ Shark, only owned in 40% of leagues right now. Uh, he's been playing awesome. We talked about him pre previously as well, but uh, Jamison Williams, another guy, he had his first catch of the, his career, went for 41 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so definitely take a look at those two guys. And the Detroit Lions have just been playing awesome lately, so... Uh, he's, they got a difficult matchup with the Jets in Week 15, but uh, I definitely feel comfortable starting DJ Shark going forward. Uh, he posted 94 and 98 receiving yards in the past two games, and he had a touchdown this past week too. So, uh, Paris Campbell coming off a bye. If someone did drop him, only 33% owned. Uh, he, he has a nice matchup too. Uh, they're going to face over the next couple weeks the Vikings, Chargers, and Giants. So you might want to just take a look at that for the playoff scenes. And the Vikings have one of the worst pass defenses. So uh, definitely plug him in if you can. And then tight end Tyler Conklin, we did talk about him previously. He's still only 26% owned. Uh, he's gotten 15 looks over the past two games. Uh, so they are throwing the ball to him, and Mike White likes to go to him. So if you do need a tight end, definitely look his way. All right, man. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, we covered a few of those guys last week, but I'm going to throw a few more out there. Donovan's Peoples-Jones, 12 targets last week. Uh, he could uh, light it up possibly this week. Uh, Chris Moore, 
uh, he, 11 targets, like you said, Chris, or Dave. Yeah, 11 targets, that's massive. Uh, Elijah Moore, actually, if Corey Davis is going to be out, he actually uh, had a few targets this week as well. So I like the, what Elijah Moore actually finally did after this whole season here. Wide receiver Trent Taylor for the Bengals, if they're going to be out without Boyd or Higgins. You know, if you're one of the owners, I would pick him up. I'm not sure if I'd pick him up unless it was like right before the game if you find out they're out. So I just want to throw them out there. Now, I mean, there's a bunch of quarterbacks out there that might be streamers this week. Um, the weird thing about the Huntley injury is um, there's a Huntley, but they bypassed him and put in Anthony Brown for the Ravens. So I believe Anthony Brown would play. That's a that's one that you want to, want to think about having if you're desperate. Brett Rippon for the Wilson injury is possible if you're desperate as well. You know, they... They need to put up some points. These Denver Broncos and couldn't be that much. Cole Cole. Yeah, go with Cole McCoy as well too. He actually, when he subbed from Murray earlier this year, he actually put up some decent games. So uh, you never know with him, he could actually be a nice fill-in if you do need a quarterback as well, like you were saying. Yeah, Colt McCoy. Uh, he's, you know, I mean, if Murray's out, then he's going to get some tart, you know, get some play with that DeAndre Hopkins for sure. Um. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> can you believe it? That crazy drive. I mean, he's back on the freaking waiver wire here. I, I, I mean, and he's playing the Packers this week too, which is a good matchup. I hate to say it, but they are. If he stays away from Jari Alexander, it's probably a good matchup. But you know, yeah. Jari's just so good. Um, Mitch Trubisky, that's real if you're really desperate, but he's probably going to start because I doubt yeah. that they can put pick yeah, three in. picks this past week, though. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, I know. I mean, these are desperate situations, but I want to throw that out there. I agree with everything else you said. I'm going to say that this one that I've never mentioned before, Dave. Julius Chestnut for the Hilliard injury. He might, be, you know, he might be one with Has with Haskell out backing up uh, uh, Derrick Henry. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, well, which we didn't mention either. Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong for the New England Patriots. Uh, they both had touchdowns tonight. So if Stevenson is out next week, possibly those are two guys that could actually play well in, in his place. Yeah, I had him too. Yeah, I had those guys listed from tonight. Watching this ugly Cardinals game, and it's always pretty ugly if the Cardinals are playing. So uh, I think that pretty much. Oh, Rex Burkhead for the Pierce injury. Do you agree with that one? Yeah, no, Dario Agumbawale. He used to play for our Badgers, Dario. Oh, yeah, I know. So he might get some carries as well, too, because Burkhead, I think, is still a little bit banged up. And then pickup of the week, too, is definitely Desmond Ryder. Uh, he's got a pretty nice matchup with the Saints. Uh, I think he could have a good game, too. And Plus, he's had two weeks of practice now, too, to start a rep. So uh, I think he could actually surprise some people this week. He was really good. On the on the Cincinnati Bearcats, so brought him to yeah. the playoffs and all that. So yeah, why not? Yeah, I was waiting for him to finally show up. Um, non-starters trending up. I have a few of them. Michael Pittman versus the Vikings D. You know, I mean, the Colts coming off the bye. I mean, that could put up some points against a really bad defense. So there you go. Wide receiver Traylon Burks versus the Chargers has a good matchup, and you know, you know that the Titans are a little desperate now after losing to the Jaguars. Wide receiver Mike Williams is a beast versus the Titans if you want to go the opposite way. But Mike Williams, don't forget about him. I mean, he scored that first touchdown last week. He's such a massive man. He had 100 yards this past week, too. Yeah, he had a great game this past week. I think he's better than anybody else on that team, personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's the number one now. Um, 
Elijah Moore, like I said, if Corey Davis is out. Uh, tight end Hunter Henry versus the Raiders has got a good matchup, so kind of like him. Uh, running back Chuba Hubbard versus the Steelers. He seemed to ball out this week in, in, against Seattle. So I like Chuba Hubbard here as a non-starter trending up for you. Running back Pierre Strong for the Stevenson injury. So um, I threw that out there, Dave, like last minute. Um, and running back Isaiah Pacheco versus Houston. I think, you know, now he can find – he actually got a good amount of touches last week. So for the Chiefs, I, I, I like Pacheco finally to blow up. We've been waiting for that for a while. So those are mine. What are yours? I definitely like Baker Mayfield against Packers D this week. Uh, Packers haven't been stopping many people lately. So uh, I like Mayfield in that matchup. Uh, I do like Terry McLaren and Jahan Dotson against that poor Giants defense. They haven't been stopping many people as well. Uh, I like backup wide receivers, actually, for the Bengals this week against the Buccaneers. Uh, I, we didn't mention T. Higgins is banged up still. And then, boy, with both those guys, though, Chase is the only guy really there. Uh, so definitely look at the backups that are behind Chase, and th- those are guys that are going to be streaming up now because they, they don't really have anyone else if Higgins not, isn't able to play. I like Kevin Harrison, Pierre Strong. I agree with you on that one. Uh, I like I like actually against that Titans defense. Uh, I'm going with backup running back for the Chargers as well. Uh, Which one, Kelly? Yep. Joshua Kelly, I like Joshua Kelly actually too. He's trending up for me this week, uh, and then I do like Zonovan Knight too against that poor Detroit Lions defense. Uh, I like him as a sleeper, and he looks like a borderline starter now actually for them. So I definitely like that matchup for him. Uh, Cowboys like Michael Gallup against the Jaguars. The Jaguars have been balling out, but they still don't have that great of a defense. So I like Michael Gallup, and also of note to too is T. Y. Hiltonstein with the Cowboys. Uh, he's not going to be fantasy relevant right now, but down the road in a couple weeks into the playoffs, he might be someone you might want to be taking a look at. I agree with you definitely on Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I do like Jarek McKinnon as well against the Port Houston defense. Uh, Devontae Smith, almost borderline starter right now. I like him against the Port Bears defense. I like the Chubba Hubbard pick, like you said. Uh, I like Andy Dalton against this, the, the Port Atlanta defense this week, definitely. Uh, also, I do like the Colts matchup too, like you said, like Paris Hilton or Paris Campbell. I'm sorry, and Antonio Pierce. Paris Hilton, where's your mind at, Dave? <laughs> uh, where, where it always is. Uh, and then I do like the back. I like Jordan Mason actually matchup against the Seahawks this week as well. All right. Now nope, those are good, and uh, it's very important for this week. We got to win our fantasy playoffs. Got to move to the next round. And you'd be honest with you. You know, these pickups are important for if you're in a league that plays for draft position. And if you don't have that league, I would suggest changing it. Um, I think it's cool to keep everyone engaged, you know, so, you know, they're making moves and starting their players. And, yeah, especially at the end of the year, you know, they want to try for at least, you know, the best buy spot if you're a 12 team league. So they come in a buy coming into the, uh, you know, I guess the consolation bracket, right? So they can win. The first pick. That's how it always should be. You shouldn't reward the worst, crappiest team with the first pick in fantasy, in my opinion. You know, that's just, it, you're punishing uh, people that try. So oh, you, you're actually promoting tanking, actually, which you don't want to do either. Some even have a toilet bowl where you can win money for the, the bottom constellation bracket, too, which is kind of a cool. Some even have trophies or money they give out, too, for that, which keeps people involved at the end of the year, which makes it more fun for everyone, too. Yeah. Well, the, 
you have to make sure they play their players. Otherwise, you would, yeah. I mean, that's just more work on the commissioner personally. I like I like it more. You just have to play for a draft position if you're the bottom teams, barely missing the playoffs. But anyways, let's move into bus. Who's going to screw it up for us and some players that we might have trusted before and not? And uh, I'll start here. I got Kareem Hunt, and he, he's got a bad matchup, Dave, against Baltimore. I don't like him. And uh, Cordero Patterson. Versus the Saints is dangerous. I know the Atlanta's coming off the bye, but still, this is a bad matchup for him. Anybody really on the Atlanta is a little dangerous with Desmond Ritter there. He could be good. He could be bad. We don't know. Apparently, it took him long enough to start him. Running back Travis Homer versus uh, San, Fr- San Francisco is going to be toast. Um, I-, I just think that Kenneth Walker's probably not going to play. And if he does, he's banged up. I wouldn't trust Ken Walker. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it sucks because he probably got you to the playoffs in the first place. But, you know, um, it's just a weird situation. Uh, Leonard Fournette versus Cincinnati isn't good. Oh, man. Uh, Cincinnati's just really, really been improving. They look really legit right now. Uh, quarterback Justin. And their defense has been awesome. Really too. They got a top 10 defense right now, I think, over the last five weeks, probably, of their winning streak. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, Justin Fields, my man. Um, I think that Justin Fields versus the Eagles, oh, that could get ugly. Um, I mean, you got to hope that the Eagles are looking ahead to the Cowboys game the next week. But, geez, even though they're coming off the bye, it's just hard to trust Justin Fields against such a good team like the Eagles. And, And then quarterback Jared Goff can't believe i'm saying this these lions have been just flying lately but it's time that they take a step back the jets they're desperate after the loss but they look pretty solid against the bills i'm not loving jared goff against a pretty good jets defense i think this is the no, Jets defense is legit quincy williams went out with a calf injury he had a non-contact injury too it looked a little scary but they said he, could, he might be able to play this week though so uh yeah i, I, I definitely agree with you on that one yeah i guess we'll see on him and uh, that's it. That's on my bus. Who are yours? Uh, one other note, too, before we go I go into my bus. Brock Purdy had a oblique injury. He probably will play this week, though. Uh, but he's one guy I do like this week as well against that poor Seahawks team. But I do agree with you. I'm da- definitely down- downgrading Geno Smith and any of the Seahawks running backs that play this week against that tough 49ers D. Uh, they've been just balling out the last three weeks here. So the last three, four weeks here. Uh, so definitely downgrading them. I do not like the Browns. I don't like Watson or Hunt, especially both of those two. Even Chubby downgrading a little bit against that tough Ravens D. Uh, they've been playing well. I'm downgrading the Dolphins actually this week. Tua struggled this past week against a not that great Chargers defense. They come their defense is coming out a little bit, but the Chargers defense is no Bills defense. So I think Tua struggles a little bit this time again, and this is the second time around that they're playing them too. So they might be scheming towards them a little bit. So I don't like that matchup as well. I agree with you, the Cordell Patterson. I don't like that matchup. I think Deontay Foreman and Chubba struggle a little bit against Steelers. I know you said you, said you like them trending up, but uh, Steelers still have a pretty good defense, so I, I don't like that matchup. I agree with you on the Bears. Uh, I don't think Fields has a good day or Montgomery. I don't like either one of those matchups for them. Uh, Jaguars, I think Etienne struggles against that tough Cowboys D. Trevor Lawrence, I think, struggles even a little bit this week, too, against the tough D. He had one of his better games last week, but he wasn't playing the Cowboys D, one of the top-ranked defenses. So uh, I'm definitely downgrading him. Uh, I agree with you on Goff. I think he struggles a little bit against the tough Jets defense. Uh, I think McCoy, if he plays against that tough Broncos defense, I think he struggles a little bit against them as well. 
Uh, I agree with him the Buccaneers. Brady could have another crappy day this week. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him lose again anyways, but uh, I definitely think the Bengals are playing well. Uh, I don't like that matchup for Brady and the, his receivers. Ma- Mike Evans has been struggling quite mightily over the last couple weeks as well, so definitely downgrading him as well. I don't like that matchup for them. Uh, and then also, uh, that, that's about it. That's all I had this week. Well, we got a question. Peoples Jones or Elijah Moore? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, you can't make the decision on Elijah unless you know that uh, Davis is out. So I have to say Peoples-Jones right now. Uh, you know, I mean, Deshaun Watson has not looked it yet, but yet no, he's now got two games under his belt. You think that maybe against the Ravens, which his secondary is a little suspect. They're, they got a really good front seven with, you know, Roquan Smith and, you know, there's just there's just a lot of good, uh, you know, front man for the Ravens. But their receivers are a little weak, so I understand that. Peoples Jones was just targeted very heavily because they're you know double teaming their number one there, and uh, I just think that you know Peoples Jones should be it. But if Davis is out, it'd be almost a push for me. I would probably say Elijah Moore if Davis is out. What do you think, Dave? I agree. Uh, I like Delonte Peoples Jones. Uh, definitely like that matchup too. So, but like you said, Watson struggled a little bit, but he's still targeting him. Uh, but you got to remember though too, the Lions have one of the top bottom five defenses against the pass. So, if Elijah Moore does play this week and Mike White starts as well, uh, I do like Elijah Moore as a slight upgrade over Peoples Jones. Yeah, yeah, that's you that matchup because the Detroit Lions just have. Their defense is just horrendous against the pass. So uh, Elijah Moore is playing. Plus, Wilson's been playing so well this week. I think they actually give him a little bit more coverage and kind of sway the coverage to him a little bit too, almost like double-teaming him because he's just been balling out the last couple weeks. Yeah, and that was from Tyler Sperry. So thanks for the question, Tyler. That's a tough one. I <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like you're digging a little deep on that one. But, um, yeah, I, I would. That's, that's what I would say. Just kind of wait it out and see what happens. All right. Well, Dave, that brings us to our last order of business, the one that's going to win your fantasy league for you. Who is the player? I'm going to let you go first with your nasty sleeper. All right. The nasty sleeper of the week is going to be Christian Watson for the Packers. I didn't talk about him at all, but I, I like him this week against that Los Angeles Rams defense. They're, they're not still not that good of a defense, and Donald's still out too. So uh, he's been blowing up. Uh, I like him to continue where he left off over the last couple of weeks and help you win your league this week. I'm going with Christian Watson as my D nasty sleeper. Yeah. You better hope that they don't put their best corner on him. But, uh, <laughs> I, I like, uh, Chuba Hubbard there against the Steelers. I think that, uh, Chuba is motivated to try to, this whole team's motivated to save Wilkes's job. And Chuba was fantastic last week. And the Steelers defense, like I said before, is one of the worst. What I didn't know and what we should have mentioned was J.K. Dobbins' health. I didn't know he was this healthy. And he was the prime back for the Baltimore Ravens. It wasn't my sleeper last week, which sucked. It was um, his backup. So I was uh, a little disappointed in that. But I guess for Dobbins owners, he finally showed up. So I just wanted to throw that out there, that J.K. Dobbins is back now and looking good. But, yeah, I think Chuba Hubbard has another massive game. He's also catching balls. Sam Darnold's throwing to him. He's going to be huge this week, so keep your mind on that. Anything I missed, Dave? No, I like it. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this show. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Best of luck on your fantasy. Go win your playoffs and go 
get some winners. <laughs>